Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I am your host, Angie Miller, and today I am joined by a very special person who I'd like to think has become a friend in fitness, and her name is Ruba Ali, and she is going to talk about, or we are going to talk about, the power of influence as fitness professionals. We all have a voice out there, and it just so happens that Ruba has quite a quite a powerful voice. She has led fitness followers globally in creating a, a, a marriage between mindset and health and fitness. So she is a globally recognized health coach. And I'm going to let Ruba introduce herself. And then we'll talk away about the connection between emotional well-being and fitness. How you doing, Ruba? Hello, Angie. Thank you so much for your kind introduction and for having me on this very special podcast. It's truly an honor. Um, I absolutely love the name Strong Mind, Strong Body. It says, it says everything that we stand for. And um, so a little bit about uh, myself. Um, I, I had a fitness background growing up from a young age, and um, I was NASM certified, of course. I've been studying through NASM since I was certified at the age of 18. And, you know, for me as a female, I knew that fitness personally transformed my life. It transformed my mind and my confidence within myself. And I noticed how that uh, affected the relationships within my own families, my friends. I became um, of more use and benefit to others when I worked on myself. And so um, when I became a trainer and I started getting to know my clients, the females, hearing their stories, um, it grew for me because it wasn't a matter of just changing their body. I noticed within the sessions and training with one another that they came to me more for emotional support, right? Yeah. We, we would work out on our bodies, but they always were drawn to me for that, you know, a little bit of therapy, a little bit of words of wisdom to help them mentally. And so I knew after a few years in my college years that I really wanted to take this on. I wanted to reach as many women as possible and to, get the message out there that it's just not about the appearances. Of course, we all want to look good. We want to feel confident in our skin, but let's start from inside. Let's start accepting ourselves and understanding what's going on inside. And when, when I'm saying inside, I mean, what's going on in your mind? How are you feeling about yourself? And do you take time on a day-to-day -day basis to, you know, a few gratitude affirmations and understand how you're feeling. And so that's where I, expanded my training on social media. I started an Instagram account and by all means, I had no idea it would grow to what it is today. I just did it because my clients who I was training at the time wanted my support when I wasn't there. So I was like, you know, maybe this Instagram account will help them stay connected with me. They can train with these workouts, the words of encouragement when they're not with me. And uh, just so happened that people were attracted to the energy, the message, and the training that I was providing on, on, on the media, and it just grew from there. Um, sorry if that's a bit of a, a mouthful, but <laughs> it really started off with the intention, and I think intention is very important, because the intention was to reach as many people as I can and share the real genuine fitness that's personally affected me and how it's become a lifestyle. Um, yeah. And so that's that's how it evolves over the years. You know, and what's interesting about you, Ruba, is even I spoke with Ruba for the first time when she was in Egypt. 
And we connected because, of, you know, we, she was going to be a guest on this podcast. And immediately I fell into this conversation with her and I thought, you know, I really like this girl. I like her mission. I like the fact that she embodies female empowerment and that, you know, when I hear your story, Ruba, what comes to my mind is that it came from a place, it came organically, you grew organically, but you also grew, like you said, with a true intention and a mission to reach people that came from within you. You grew up an athlete and you knew the power of athleticism and empowerment. You knew the power of physicality and mindset in creating this life that you wanted. And you wanted to truly transfer that into helping other people. And I know there's a lot of fitness pros out there thinking, well, I know that's exactly how I came into it. But I think the difference with you is that a couple of things strike me about you. You actually figured out a way to use your voice and have true influence. And there's a lot of influence out there. There are a lot of influencers out there, but not everyone's voice to me is as authentic as your voice. And so if someone's going to have a voice out there, you're talking to somebody who's got 30 years in fitness and, you know, a, a long time in mental health. And I come to this from a truly a place in my heart and in my mind and in my soul. So when I run into somebody young whose voice is so powerful, but so authentic, I, I want to gravitate to that and say, you know, kudos because influence has landed in the right hands. So before we go into the whole mindset thing, I do want to ask you, you mentioned that it kind of grew organically, but give us some tips because you really have created a powerful voice and you really have um, accumulated followers from all over the globe. Um, give us a little inside view into that, how that came about and how it continued to grow and what you think the tips were that reached your community that built that following. Okay. Well, firstly, I just want to say thank you so much for your kind words. Um, it is so gratifying to hear your 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 message and, and your um, outlook on who I am because it is so important to stay true and rooted to who you are. And I think that's one of the tips that I would give um, to answer your question on how, how did you grow such an audience and, and how did you have this powerful influence? And it truly started with staying true to my roots and who I am as a person that ties into your morals and your beliefs. And I knew that I wasn't going to get distracted with any, anything that, you know, on, on social media, there's a lot of things coming your way. And when you're growing, you'll get a lot of opportunities coming your way and you have to stay true to yourself, which means you need to be selective on who you associate yourself with. And you have to remember who are the people you want to influence? Who are you aligning yourself with? And are they going to help the people who are you're trying to help? Do you have the same mission? And so these are the questions I asked myself when I was growing in this industry where, you know, I had to learn as well. And I didn't make impulsive decisions. I questioned every decision I made and made sure that five years down the line, 10 years down the line, it was going to be of benefit to the people I wanted to serve. And so that is definitely number one, um, being rooted to yourself, remembering what your mission is and aligning yourself with people and companies who can help you, who can help you uh, reach that goal. And um, secondly, what I think is most important is intentions. If your intention is true, then your passion, your drive is going to get you there through the difficulties, right? So 
Like you mentioned, Angie, there are so many influencers, right? But there's going to be a select few who 10 years, 20 years down the line, who can proudly feel like they've accomplished what they wanted because it was an inner desire. It was an inner purpose. It wasn't a short-term goal of just achieving just something for the temporary moment. I think you really need to have a purpose that's strong enough to get you through the hard times because people don't see what goes on behind the screens and there's a lot, a lot of challenges that I had to personally face. And if I didn't have a strong purpose and desire to achieve this goal, it would have been easy to throw in the, the, the flag and just move on to something else. Um, and let me think of a third, a third uh, tip that's helped me as I think education. I think that the more you self-educate yourself, not just on um, the fitness field, but I started diving into psychology. I started diving into entre entrepreneurship. I started diving into um, behavioral analysis, just understanding and learning anything I can that would help me grow my business, help me serve others in ways that you know, I wouldn't be able to without that knowledge because knowledge is truly king when you can apply it. If you, once you have knowledge, it's like you have to do something with it. And that's why it's so important to learn because you don't know unless you know. And when you know, it's at that point, your responsibility to do something with the knowledge that you know, you know. Right. And you know, I'm, I'm over here in front of my computer, crossing all my fingers and toes and saying, please let her say education, please let her say education. Because I do think that that's a lost art among the influential community sometimes. And I know that all of us as NASM master instructors have taught um, in instructional workshops where we've had people come in and, and it's always gratifying to me to know that even as an influencer, you still value the value of education because I know that when you grow to a certain level in your influence, companies aren't saying, hey, what are your certifications? Are you authentic here? They just want your followers. And so I love that you said, stay true. What I really heard was stay true to your values first and foremost, because your value system is what's going to keep you grounded no matter how big you get. Right. And, and that always keeps us grounded. And number two, you talked about intentions. Who do you want to reach? What do you really want to do with this influence? And then number three, education. So to all of you out there, I hope that you heard those three, because I think that those are really powerful and I appreciate you sharing those Ruba. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like you, like, and they're not put in a certain order. I think education is just as important as um, staying true to yourself. It's just, I'm just trying to think of what comes to my mind because there's so many tips, but those are definitely the three that I feel are the most of value. Um, and even education, when I say education, staying in courses can help you, but simply committing to reading every morning for 10 minutes, it grows your mind. That's what that's what I try and, and teach my clients, even in fitness. It's like, just like how you train your muscles to be strong, you can train your mind and you train it through many different tools like visualization, meditation, reading, journaling, um, affirmations, silent sessions. There's so many different ways to train your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and that that I love that you also said you dealt you dealt a little bit into psychology. There's different certifications that fitness professionals can engage in. There's there's you know different types of work and behavioral analysis. There's 
different types of work in positive psychology. There's motivational interviewing, which I'm highly trained in. There's a lot of different ways that we can go where we, we have to be careful with scope of practice, but we can use these to supplement our training. Because even though it's Mental Health Awareness Month, we both know that we can't talk to our clients about mental health. Um, and by the way, I'm speaking with Ruba Ali. I want to reintroduce her in case you just joined us. Ruba Ali is a global fitness influencer and she is a powerhouse for women. And I really am so happy to have her on this podcast today. So, um, but yeah, there is, there's lots of different ways to educate our mind and our body and to bring influences from different practices into our training regime when we are working with our clients, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think that um, I remember the first time you, you asked me to, to come on to this podcast, like I mentioned the name Strong Body, Strong Mind. I think that message needs to be out there more. I think that um, in, a, in a world where, unfortunately, on media and influencers, public image is just everywhere and it's stressed the most. I think that mental health and awareness is more important now than ever. And having conversations like this and getting the message out there is going to help those people who need to hear this message so they can understand that we all face these moments where we're trying to understand our mind because it is a very complex like beautiful thing and it's even more beautiful when you you know how to use it to your advantage yeah absolutely and you know speaking of that so that was one of the things that when you were in egypt we got caught on a long conversation about and that was just the power of mindset and emotional health and i do want to put it out there to all of us fit pros that again we can't say that we're helping our clients with their mental health even i can't say that and i'm a licensed mental health provider because i'm not working with my clients in fitness as a licensed clinician so i have to keep my scope of practice separate but i can talk about emotional health i can talk about mindset i can talk about all those tools where we use our mind to guide our body and to get our goals met and ruba when um one thing that i saw in you and i said this to you when you were in egypt is that when i looked at your instagram and of course i'm not an instagram guru the way that you are and so when i get on i know what i'm looking for i'm looking for authenticity um my my following has grown like you know very very slowly and so um I know that it takes a hot minute to grow an authentic following. So I always want to know what is, what is the mission behind this following? Is it pure? And immediately what I saw on your Instagram page was female empowerment. I saw muscles, I saw weight training. And I said to you, you know, with, with so many emotional health issues with women, especially it comes with disordered eating. It comes with, I need to do cardio to lose weight. I was just in Mexico teaching at a resort for a week and there were women from all over the globe. And, and it was, you know, um, getting them into a strength training class. There was still this fear of, well, I don't want to get big. And so I look at you and I'm like, that's female and that's female empowerment. And I think that females gain um, mental strength when their body is physically strong. The mind follows the body and the body follows the mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you were able to get that message just from seeing the videos on my my feed because you know I don't do as much speaking on there. And so for you to have felt that energy uh, is another gratifying feeling for myself. So thank you so much for that. Um, I think that you know being a female and especially a Middle Eastern female, it's 
you're not always encouraged to go in the weight room, lift the weights and feel strong. Um, for, for many years, women have struggled with that and they feel almost intimidated and they don't belong. And I wanted to change that. I wanted women to know that, you know, we have to actually take care of our, our body. We don't just do all the home workouts are great and bodyweight workouts, but you can feel strong and you are still beautiful if you have muscle and you should be empowered in the skin that you're in, whether you have muscle, whether you don't have muscle tone, it's just whatever you feel most confident and strong in, you do that. And so um, I stayed, even though it was difficult for me initially getting into the gym and lifting the weights and hearing the conflicting messages, I always used my mind to gear me and what made me feel good. And, you know, I just kept that mindset grounded and then installed in me. I just remember that and that's what helped me. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. And, and having grown up an athlete, you stayed with your athleticism versus going with, you know, whatever the body was of the moment, because especially for females, society dictates the body of the moment. What size should the glutes be? What size should the thighs be? And, and if we look at the evolution, I always said that my next goal, the next time I write a large CEU article, I want to write it on the evolution of women's bodies over time and how society has tried to dictate what we're supposed to look like versus what our genes uh, naturally want us to look like in the way that we train and the way that our body fits the best for us to feel good, right? So... You know, I wish I can take what you just said and put it on a billboard because I have felt and spoken about this so many times with how society has transformed the female body and what we are naturally through our genes supposed to look like. And for me, for many years, I felt like I wasn't feminine. Okay. I know I display myself to be very strong, but I struggled myself because when I worked out, like you said, I didn't work out for bigger glutes. I didn't work out like to look a certain way, I truly worked out and I challenged my body, I did functional movements and I loved the athletic feeling, but that came with the muscle. And it took me years to remember that what you see on social media and the image that they portray as a female is not necessarily the definition of beauty. We all have our own beauty and you have to empower that and you know remember that society is always gonna have trends and you can't just jump on and off. You have to just take care of your health and do what makes you feel best in your skin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's do, let's make a billboard together. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can do it. I think we can. So, you know, let's go, let's go back to something. I'm curious because I know how I talk to my clients about building um, a strong mindset. I know that I use a lot of emotional or I'm sorry, a lot of motivational interviewing, which is essentially giving my clients personal autonomy and being their guide, not their director. So I'm like a cruise guide versus a director. This is what you have to do. So in motivational interviewing, really they're large and in charge and I am just their guide on the cruise ship and I am helping them to discover what it is that they actually want and need and how it is that they can go about getting those needs met. And so what are some of the ways that you help your clients? Because one of the things that you said to me when we talked when you were in Egypt was you discovered early on that your clients are not gonna be able to meet their fitness goals if they don't have the right mindset and if they're not emotionally in a healthy place. So how do you stay in your scope of practice but yet build this, this strong, mindset and mental um, 
mental, what do I want to call it? Because it's the opposite of a mental barrier, this mental awakening where they say, okay, I can do this and I want to embrace what comes my way. Okay. I love that question. So I'm going to split it up into two, two parts. So the first one is how did I um, basically guide them while staying in my scope of practice? And so I, I remember when they would come to me, I can instantly, my energy just felt that there was something off. And, you know, I always just ask example names, Samantha, how are you today? How are you feeling? You know, sometimes we just need someone to ask us how we're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So I just ask them and they openly would share their conversation. And I would say, how did that make you feel? Okay, you, you can always see the greater side. So I just gave them positive affirmations. I did nothing more than feed and install positivity in their mind so they can start feeding that to themselves because Anytime we go through hardships in life, it's so easy to be negative. And when you're negative, it transpires into everything you do. When you're negative, you go into a defeated mindset and you always want to be in a growth mindset. And in order to grow, you have to feel good and you have to think good in order to transpire that into your actions. So I never went beyond that. I always just gave them the words that they probably needed to hear, but never had anyone give them. And so I would always just give them those, those words of encouragement and it went a long way for them. Perfect. So words of encouragement, and that's a great place to start. And I love the way I'm speaking to Ruba Ali and Ruba is a powerful health influencer. And we, I just so appreciate her being on here today because we are talking about the power of influence and we're talking about how we want to use our voice in the fitness space to build this positive mindset and to build a connection between a healthy mind and a healthy body, which is really the whole premise of this podcast, a strong mind and a strong body. So you're talking about we're of affirmation. And I love that when your client walks in, the first thing you ask them is, how are you feeling today? And you give them a moment to just honestly word vomit for a few minutes. And, and if there's a lot going on, they kind of need to get that off their chest before they can even start to get into this positive space. Sometimes we have to make room, we have to clean out the closet and they have to clean out their emotional closet before you can fill it back up with some positive affirmations. Yes. You gotta make space. Exactly. And so let me just tell you through my experiences with multiple clients over time, I noticed that whenever I gave that five minutes in the beginning of my our training session to just check in on how they're feeling and whatever it was that was bothering them, they let it out. Their, their training and focus, focus is so important because we talk about the mind to muscle connection, right? That's very important in training. So unless your mind is focused in the session, like I remember when I tied back into what I was telling you, unless the emotional well-being is good, you can't possibly take care of your physical body. So their performance not only enhanced, but their focus enhanced. Their their mindset is in a um, in a I would say in a in a in a graceful, positive, energy-driven mindset, and that's the key. That yeah. that, that truly is. You know, what I equate that to is like when you come home from work, let's say, let's say a traditional couple, okay, you come home and the first thing your partner asks you is how was your day today? And it's almost like you can't even start your night until you uh, kind of emotionally unload or word vomit about what the day went like. And then again, you've cleared some space and now you can move on with your evening and put work aside. But sometimes they have to do that when they come into our space, they have to let go of whatever is going on at home or whatever just transpired before they can even allow the workout to take place. Yeah. So 
I love that you start with that question. You give them that opportunity to kind of um, you invite them into a more positive space. So what else do you think we could do to transform mindset or to help our clients build emotional well-being? There's the affirmations. There's the inviting them in and letting them unload. What else do you kind of do to build that for them? I believe that emotional well-being, um, aside from, like we mentioned, the affirmations, um, I believe that listening to lectures that educate you on the mind, reading books. I can give you a, a good example of the book uh, that I've been reading is The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. It's a very, very powerful book. And I think that you can't work on your mindset or strengthen your mindset if you don't understand how it works. If you don't know the difference between your subconscious mind and your conscious mind, how can you know those moments when you're negatively talking to you? How would you know if it's your subconscious or your conscious? How would you know the difference? And so when you start to understand that your mind is actually designed to sometimes think negatively, you know that you're not the problem. But the problem is that you just don't know how to manage your mind. So when you learn and you get really into your own minds and the the um, psychology and education which is so important about it then you learn how to use your mind to work for you instead of against you and um, personally when i learned that earlier on that your subconscious mind feeds off of your conscious mind and you your job is to make sure that your conscious mind is not feeding your subconscious mind negativity because it will take that negativity and bring it to reality and that is so powerful yeah. You know, I love that. And I, I, I call that, you know, the subconscious mind is like the boiling pot. So I taught a presentation a couple of years ago at a large conference and it was called how to build emotional endurance. And I talked about the power of our negative internal dialogue and how a lot of times we try to suppress. So I use the, you know, I use the word suppression and it's like trying to put the lid on the boiling pot. We try to suppress whatever it is that's going on. But what really happens, the more we try to suppress, the more we focus on suppressing, we're focusing on that very emotion that we don't want to feel. And so it's like the boiling pot that just keeps trying to explode and open up. Whereas if we just invite that emotion in and we allow it and we don't shame it or judge it much the same way that we don't want to shame or judge our clients bodies or physicality but if we don't shame or judge that emotion and we just recognize hey that's an emotion it is what it is and it's begging me to give it a little bit of attention and people are so scared to do that they're so scared to pay attention to what their emotions truly are as if that emotion is going to overwhelm them and they're never going to come out of it because my clients will say well if i'm feeling anxious and you're telling me just to allow myself to feel anxious. What if I never stop feeling anxious? Then I try to tell them, well, it's actually suppressing the anxiety that's that's giving the anxiety gas. And so um, I, I hear that a lot in you where you're saying, look, we have to really recognize the power of the subconscious mind. We have to stop suppressing and pay attention to what our subconscious mind fears the most and give them a little space. And whether that's through reading or journaling or talk therapy, give it a little space and recognize that giving it space is not letting it own you. It's actually taking away its power. Yes. It's inviting it into your home and saying, guess what? I'm okay with you. You're not going to stay with me forever, but I'm not going to try to lock my doors and close myself in from you because I know that I'm only going to give you more power if I do that. Yes, absolutely. And I love how you said that. 
And just a tip for the other um, health professionals who want to stay in their scope of practice, but advise their clients, just as we give them a workout regimen and program, what I do or what I like to, to, to empower my clients to do, we have a little book club. We share books that we think are helpful. That way they learn certain things on their own about psychology and the mindset without you feeling nervous about what you can share and what you can't share. You, sh you simply share the books and they take on the knowledge and believe it or not, that knowledge will change them. The way they think and the way they speak to themselves is going to change who they are and how they act and how they train. And it just, it's like a domino effect. It, it, oh, it, yeah. It's amazing. I absolutely love that a book club and it's, it's a mindset book club. It's a book club where they're building their mind as well as their body. I absolutely love that because like you said, it's just, and even in when I taught pit pros about emotional suppression and when I talked to them about building emotional endurance, it, it, it was as if light bulbs came on all throughout the room and, Oh, I guess I don't have to shut down negative emotion anymore. I can give it a space and then I can uh, figure out what to do with it from there. Yeah, yeah. So I heard you talk about words, powerful words, book clubs, mindset. I, I wanted to share something else that I do. And some trainers, I know that when you and I said, give them space to talk about what's going on. Some, I know some trainers out there are probably thinking, well, if I start my session out like that, they may never stop talking and I may never be able to get them back on. And so one thing that you can also do that I think works very well is when people approach you, another way of doing it is to say, what's going well for you today? Yeah. Start out with a positive question. What's going well for you today? And sometimes people are so thrown off by that question. So instead of just saying, good morning, how you doing? I say, what's going well for you today? Or what's, what's been the best part of your day? And all of a sudden the mind goes, do, 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 reframe. And it's, it's bringing in, you know, no matter how much negativity they came in with, their mind automatically is like, oh my gosh, wait, what has gone well today? Um, I had the best coffee. <laughs> I absolutely love that, Angie. And I'm going to actually take that line from you because you almost, it's like a mind, it's like a, a mind shift. That's like, they didn't expect that because we're so used to, how are you feeling? Fine. How's your day? Fine. How's everything fine? But you, you're like, how amazing is your day? What, how, what greatness has happened in your day? And it forces them to think of the good. So I love that. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, it really is a great way. And if you have, I did a, a podcast a few weeks ago on energy vampires. And I talked about people who, you know, that negative energy comes into space. And sometimes if you have that uh, negative minded energy vampire, it could be very, very helpful to kind of get them to reframe and to focus on something positive. So, um, but I do want to introduce you one more time, Ruba. So this is Ruba Ali, and she is a uh, powerful health influencer. And we're talking about the power of influence, but we're also talking about mindset and and building a strong mind and a strong body and connecting the two pieces together and how we can do that as fitness professionals. You know, it is Mental Health Awareness Month and we don't have to be mental health providers to help people be in a better mind space so that they can get the most out of their training that is possible for them, right? Yes, Angie, I wanna, I would love to share another tip with you about how to have that emotional um, wellness and emotional a stability where you feel good from the from within. Remember, we talked about earlier that you can't possibly take care of your physical well-being if you're not your emotional well-being is not taken care of. Um, and I think that setting little little rules for yourself 
And this is where self-accountability is important and um, really staying true to them every single day is important. So one, one thing that I do or a little tip I'd like to share is the first hour that I wake up, I don't use my phone. And it's very hard for me because my business is on my phone, everything I do is on my phone. But by doing that, you take control of yourself and your mind and you choose to slow down. You choose to put your thoughts somewhere else and that is almost greater than any other self-care because you're choosing exactly what you're doing instead of letting your body go into that automatic routine. You're saying, I'm not using my phone, I'm going to use this hour and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And what I do is I take 10 minutes to meditate, I take another 10 minutes to write my affirmations, I take another 10 minutes for a little bit of movement, you know, just wake in my body and start the day. And it's, it's done wonders for me and gaining my self-awareness and consciousness throughout the day. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that it's a positive rule. And I love that it starts out first thing in the morning, because I think that for most of us, I'm going to try your rule, Ruba. Okay. We're both learning from each other as we go along here. And so hopefully everybody who's listening is learning as well. But that the first thing I do is check my phone. And sometimes if I wake up in the middle of the night, I've stopped myself from doing this one because this one will really hijack your night. If you ever wake up in the middle of the night and you grab your phone, ah, there goes your night's sleep. So um, I love that you take that first hour, you set intentions, maybe you can journal, you can sit down with a good hot cup of coffee, get a little movement in your body before you invite the world in. Because it's all about what we're gonna invite into our day and when we're gonna invite it in right yes and and just wanting to add one more thing to that when we talk about affirmations i know it's very broad you know people say affirmations but i think it's important to dive in there just a little bit more to make sure that the affirmations are actually working and in order for the affirmations to uh work and for for an individual to benefit from them they need to believe and have an emotional connection to the words they're using because belief is a thought and the words that you use, you need to believe in them. You need to say them with power and you need to repeat them five minutes. You can't just say the words and not have an emotional connection with them because your mind, if belief is a thought and you don't believe in the words you're saying, it won't have the effect that you want it to have into the, the reality, the moment of presence. Right. You know, and I, I think that that is so true because I talk to my clients a lot about creating affirmations and putting them on sticky notes around your house, but your affirmations, A, you have to believe in them and B, they have to align with your values. So um, some sometimes I talk about just simple affirmations, like I'm doing the best I can. I'm giving it 100%. Um, it, affirmations that make sense to them. So it's not saying um, I'm this or I'm that. It's more that I'm giving it all I've got. I'm doing the best that I can. Um, today is going to be the best day that I can make it instead of today is going to be a great day. It's going to be the best day that I can make it, but whatever affirmation speaks to them, you're right. I think that that's powerful. Yeah. I get goosebumps every time you talk because it just brings so many memories and just personal experiences from women or people that I don't even know on social media, which is such a beautiful thing about social media is you don't know them, but the energy is felt and the message is sent and people that I don't know who are on the other side of the world can really change who they are just by, I don't know if you uh, keep up with this, I just share uh, uh, a positive quote and message that comes to my mind every morning. And mm -hmm. some people, their emotional mindset has changed for the rest of the day because that's all they needed to read, to relieve their stress, to get their mind right, to get them refocused. And that's why I say the power of words 
listening to a lecture, journaling, affirmations, visualization, just these tools actually work. You just have to believe in it and con consistently do them. Anything that you do consistently will reap great rewards long-term. Right. It builds habit. And, you know, let's go with the power of words for a minute, Ruba, because I've done different podcasts on kind of the power of words for mental well-being and and the connection between words and how we coach our clients. And let's stay with power of words for a minute, because I think that's a huge one in building a strong emotional mindset is for us as coaches, how are we using our words? And so if our clients come in and they're very physically driven and it's all about I want to lose weight or I want to look good, then it's up to us to use words that don't perpetuate that it's up to us not to use the big buns and or big buns and tight guns what the heck i just said it backwards yeah that's how much it doesn't mean to me okay and um it's up to us to use powerful words to use words that have intention setting to use words that talk about how you feel versus how you look to use words that are empowerment oriented okay um and and to talk about uh, the body as as it's a working body not a, a so um i love the way that your quads are really firing in that squat i love the way that your your back and your center are aligned and and talking about instead of come on this is going to help you get rid of that pizza that you ate last night yeah. yes i i love the the connection you made between those two those two and I also feel like when we are correcting our our clients, how are we how are we trying to help them without bringing them down, right? Instead of saying no, your form is not good, this is not good, this is no, you ate this, this is not, this is bad. We can say, well, I'm glad you enjoyed your your dessert. Let's try and make healthier decisions. Let's try and follow. Let's try and add a new habit. Your your squat is good. But next time, try and bring your shoulders up so you feel in a stronger stance. So absolutely what you said about the power of words and how we as health professionals are showing up and speaking to our clients has a huge impact on their mindset and how they will feel during the session and after. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking about the body as a tool and, and how we can align the body to get the best results. But we're not talking about weight. We're not talking about punishment. We're not talking about feeling guilty. And when we when those clients start to bring in that narrative, kind of talking to them, talking to them about that and saying, you know, it almost sounds like you came here because you want to punish yourself. But I want you to be here to reward yourself. Or it sounds like you're coming here because you feel guilty. But I want you to be here because you love your body and you want to feel better. So it's constantly offering them reframes so that they don't get caught in that mentality that makes people, frankly, hate fitness. You know, I'm going to share one phrase that I tell my clients and I share online that ties in with that. And I tell them whenever I hear anyone say, oh, I don't feel like working out. I have to go like, you know, like it's a chore, right? I say, you don't have to work out. You get to work out. Because moving your body and being healthy is a privilege. Not everyone has that. And to move your body, to have the ability to be strong enough and get up and go, that is the best thing you can do for yourself. So you don't have to, you get to. And then that instantly, go, they like every person goes like, whoa, you know, I actually never thought of it that way. I think like, you should because right. it's true. Yeah. And I always call it, it even, I, I was going to say it, and then you just said the word, but in a different way, I always say it's the difference between the shoulds and the coulds. I should work out, should is shame, right? I should do this. I should do that. I should eat better. How about I could? 
I could eat better because I'll feel better. I could work out. It's the difference between the shoulds and the coulds. But it's, it's up to us as trainers to constantly offer those reframes and to be so, so, so careful how we're using our words and, and absolutely never to come in and be like, oh, my gosh, ourselves, you know, oh, I drank too many beers last night. Like our clients don't want to hear about our negative habits, nor do they want to hear us referencing fitness in any way as a way to punish our body or get rid of something. It's a way of supplementing. And that's why, like in motivational interviewing, it's always about focusing on what's working versus what's not working. Or when, when clients say, I just need to lose five pounds, I say, what could you add in order to lose that weight? So it's about adding things in. It's about giving them autonomy. It's about focusing on what's working. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And um, I think that the reason why, even as trainers, health professionals, you are the, the person who it's your duty to get them to enjoy what they're doing. It's your, your duty is not to get them to lose the five, 10 pounds in one week. Your duty is to make sure that they have everything they need, they, the education, the tools, the practices, your experiences to actually install fitness as a lifestyle. So I think that most people get discouraged because they set unrealistic goals, um, whether it's through the trainer or their own mindset of losing the weight so fast. And this goes back into fitness is not a race. It's not an end destination. It's a journey. And so it's our duty as the trainers to install that message into them and let them know that, hey, this isn't going to happen overnight, but you can do it and you should enjoy the process while you're doing it, right? Don't wait when you lose five pounds to feel good. Feel good right now. Feel good every single day that you have the ability to move your body. You're learning. You're getting stronger. Like that's what we need to install in them just as much as we're installing proper squat form. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, before we end today, Ruba, I want to end with a question that you had just shared with me. You said that a client had asked you um, something to the effect of how do I love the skin that I'm in or how do I appreciate my body or accept my body? And, and I just want to have you tell everybody what it is that you told that client. I love that question. And so um, my simple response to uh, how to achieve the perfect body, how to feel confident in your skin is, is simply taking a moment to look in the mirror and truly with, with your heart, with your soul, and with your full energy, just accepting yourself for who you are, for the imperfections you have, because we all have them, and loving yourself, your skin that you're in right now, the air that you're breathing, just loving yourself for being alive, and knowing that with time you're going to work on yourself. This, just as I said a few seconds, a few minutes ago, you don't wait to love yourself. You love yourself now, and you improve yourself. And and the love and the energy, it grows with you. And so um, I hope you can take a few seconds today, look in the mirror and just love yourself for who you are because there's only one of you. You only have one body and you should empower it. You should work every single day to strengthen yourself and improve yourself. And uh, over time, uh, you'll see that your self-love will grow as, as you do. Yeah, I love that. And you know, when you're when you're looking in the mirror, if your client has a hard time with that, tell them to look in the mirror and see what their best friend sees, or look in the mirror and see what their mom sees, or look in the mirror and see themselves through the lens of somebody who really, really loves and appreciates them, their kids, their puppy, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, the last thing that I talk about with clients and valuing your body, I wrote a, a blog a few years ago about self-love, and I talked about how many hands my hands have shaken, how many hugs my arms have given, how many miles my feet have 
walked, how many squats my legs have allowed me to do, how many kisses my lips have given. And so all these different components of our body um, as, as how it's been productive and how it's helped us to do the things that we really want to do in our lives. So yeah. I yeah. feel like we could keep talking about this with you for hours and hours. Yeah. And it's just, it's so beautiful to be able to share these words and have similar mindsets and, and share this message with the world. Because um, I know there's people listening to this right now and I know that th this message and, and what we've shared will impact them for years to come and, and hopefully their families and friends as well. It's all about, right. sharing, it's all about sharing the knowledge and energy that we have. I think it is too. So Ruba Ali, thank you so much for coming on. And you know, that is the whole premise of this, this podcast that embodies what we just talked about today is a strong mind, strong body. And Ruba, I know that they've been flashing what's how to follow you on your Instagram. Uh, my Instagram's Angie Miller Fitness. I think we both put up a lot of messages about um, empowerment, mind body empowerment. And so, but you do a superb job. You do a superb job with your voice and kudos to you for that. Hopefully you and I can have another dialogue in the near future and we can share more with our NASM audience. But to all of you, thank you for listening. Ruba, thank you so much for being on and cheers to a, a future friendship here. <laughs> Continued friendship. Absolutely. Thank you, Angie, for bringing me onto this uh, strong body, strong mindset with NASM. It's truly been a pleasure for me to connect with you and uh, looking forward to our future podcast together. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.